Meet Sally the Skeleton. She's not your ordinary set of bones. She's a thrill seeker, an adventurer, and she's just been unearthed from her deep, dark resting place. You might be thinking, what's so exciting about being a skeleton? Well, let me tell you, her bony heart is pounding with excitement. Imagine being asleep for over three million years and then suddenly waking up to a whole new life, a whole new world filled with gizmos, gadgets, and wild creatures. But it's not all rainbows and sunshine. Sally's also a little bit spooked because she's never experienced the wonders of the modern world. With her empty eye sockets wide opened and her bones rattling with both fear and excitement, she's ready to embark on an adventure of a lifetime. From dancing under disco lights to exploring the mystery corners of the library, Sally is eager to embrace every bone-chilling moment. So get ready to join Sally on her journey as she discovers the thrills and chills of the 21st century. It's going to be spooky, spectacular, little thrilling adventure. There's an untold twist to Halloween that most never consider. It's a tale of unlikely friendships, a peculiar connection, and an affection for the creatures of the night that few could comprehend. First things first, I am a skeleton. Years ago, I was laid to rest deep within the earth, confined to the solitude of a coffin. Back then, the world of spiders and snakes didn't occupy my thoughts. I was merely an ordinary being, living and breathing like everyone else. As time passed and the veil of death began to claim me, a transformation unfolded. I started to feel things I'd never imagined. Spiders and snakes took residence between my rib cage, around my hip bones, and even within my skull. What might sound ghastly to you became strangely comforting to me. They weren't creepy anymore at all. They were like dear little cuddly companions. In particular, my fear of snakes and spiders had once been all-consuming. Their fuzzy bodies and their slithering slimy scales and the way they crawled and moved oh, in their solitary eerie manner sent shivers down my spine. In my past life, I had an irrational fear of these snakes and spiders. Let me take you back to those days and help you understand why I, as a living being, carried this fear. In some cultures, snakes were associated with danger, deceit, or even evil. And spiders were these strange, eight-legged creatures that could make webs anywhere they wanted. And they were both often portrayed as myths or ominous or venomous, adding to the general fear. And then, secondly, snakes and spiders are definitely fascinating creatures, yet their unique appearance and erratic movements can be intimidating, especially for those that don't understand them. And my ignorance when I was alive about these creatures might have made them appear more terrifying than they actually were. And that did amplify their scariness to me. Now the fear of the unknown played its part. And as I share with you, that now as I am a skeleton, 
I look back on these days and realize that my irrational fear no longer holds any power over me. In my newfound existence, I've learned to appreciate and even love these creatures, for I've come to understand that their roles in the natural world is not necessarily one of malevolence. It's rather a part of the intricate tapestry of life. Now, as a skeleton reflecting on those days, I no longer feel the fear that once haunted me. In my current form, I can observe these creatures with a detached sense of curiosity and appreciation, understanding that they, like all beings, have their place. Then I discovered, after I died and became a skeleton, that these spiders and snakes were my friends, my confidants. I'd take them in my bony little fingers. I'd talk to them and pet them and let them travel all around my skeletal frame. It almost feels kind of <laughs> tickly. Their gentle presence was like a soothing balm for my long-deceased soul. And the peace of my existence was about to be disrupted. One faithful day, a group of adventurous souls unearthed me. They had a peculiar plan for my bones, a mission entwined with an event called the Halloween Festival of Lives. The vibrations of their shovels against my coffin as they dug over and over again, going six feet down, created a stirring in my dormant, cold, once silent realm of a grave. With their mumbled laughter and chatter, I felt them digging deeper and deeper into where I was at. And as they drew nearer, I couldn't help but ponder my past. Who was I in my former life? What was my name? Where did I live? And what were the stories of my days before death? The day that these people came? Oh my goodness, it was definitely an ironic twist for the soul. Having been confined and then the coffin's lid opening, sunlight flooded in, banishing the darkness of centuries, and I found myself surrounded by the living their expressions ranging from curiosity to reverence of my appearance. Now these adventurers treated me with the utmost care, brushing away debris and gently hoisting me onto a cot. And for the first time, I embarked on a ride in a hearse, a thrilling experience that brought a semblance of joy to my skeletal form. My journey led me to a vast open room, and that's when my most shocking discovery occurred. I found out I was over three million years old, a venerable soul with a history older than anyone could fathom. From that day forward, I became an ambassador for the astonishing world of spiders, snakes, and all things creepy and crawly. I had learned to cherish these creatures in a way that some might consider a tad lazy. So when you encounter a spider or a snake this Halloween, remember this extraordinary tale. And even when you're not as ancient as I am, you can still appreciate the marvels of these creatures and the incredible friendships that can blossom in the most 
unlikely of places. And with that, my Halloween story comes to an end. Thank you for joining me on this journey through the whimsical and occasionally eerie world of Halloween. Wait! I just seen Sally the skeleton! She's getting on her dirt bike! Let me go grab her! Sally! Sally, can you come back in? We have some questions that we want to ask you. Well, hello, of course. I love being asked questions. How many questions do you want to ask me? Oh, I don't know, a handful, maybe 20 or so. Just just a few. Okay, well, let me go get a drink as it goes through my skeleton and goes right onto the ground just to say that I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Sally, how did you die and become a skeleton? And was it a spooky spell or a misadventure? The circumstances surrounding my death were far from ideal. I met my end during a hunt, a pursuit that was both a necessity for my clan's survival and a perilous undertaking. You see, back in the past, I played a crucial and valuable role in a hunt. I had shared responsibilities, of course, like securing food, ensuring the survival of the group, track and scout, look for details about animal behavior, movements of prey, yada, yada, yada. Is this getting boring? Let me get right to the point. While we were out on a hunt, some things happened because I do remember that day. The day I died, it was cold. It had been a cold, unforgiving winter and there was hardly any food. So that day we decided to track down our prey. And in my single-minded pursuit, I fell to notice the treacherous terrain beneath me. Oh my goodness, the ground gave way, and I found myself falling into a crevice. Uh, the fall was extremely painful, and I suffered many injuries that left me immobilized into the depths of the earth. My clan searched for me, and I was definitely well hidden. And when they found me, because the days had turned into weeks, and of course I didn't last that long, my strength stopped and my hope dwindled, and I was trapped. It was a very lonely and agonizing existence in that dark, cold crevice. And in the end, it was not the fangs of a predator that I hunted or the harshness of the elements that claimed my life. Instead, it was the unforgiving cruelty of isolation and the relentless passage of time. I guess you could say I got stuck. And when I was found, I had become a skeleton. And because of my family taking care of me, they made sure that I was buried so that they could come and visit me. And that ended once they all died. Well, that definitely is a misadventure of a hunt. We're sorry that that had to happen to you. But wow, it's fun and exciting to have you here with us now. Hey, what's the scariest costume you've ever worn for Halloween? Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you asked me that question. Do you know I've never been asked that question before? And I've decorated myself up for Halloween every single year since I've been on Earth. I was a mummy. Ask me why. Why was you a mummy? Well, first of all, I thought that the skeleton dressing up as a mummy is the most scariest costume, even though it is clever and imaginative. The idea 
that a skeleton dressing as a mummy is the scariest costume indeed. Very clever and imaginative as well, because the skeleton I have becoming the mummy costume without any skin adds an eerie and frightening element to the traditional skeleton appearance. Think of it like this, would you? It emphasizes my perfectly beautiful bony structure. A mummy costume revealing my skeleton bones beneath the bandages highlights the stark and haunting contrast between the exposed bones and the missing flesh. It creates a visual representation of the skeleton's natural state amplifying the macabre aspect. And then there's the historical and supernatural association. You know, as mummies have been long associated with mystery and the supernatural due to their role in ancient Egyptian culture and the belief in curses. This costume being a mummy taps into the fear of the unknown and the eerie stories often connected to mummies. <laughs> I love them all. And then there's two more reasons why. Mummies are known for the preservation of bodies. And it's as if the skeleton has been kept in a state of undeath, which can be deeply unsettling. <laughs> the horror is also there because the act of unwrapping the mummy is portrayed as dramatic and fear-inducing, especially in horror films that I got to watch. <laughs> the unraveling of bandages to reveal what lies beneath carries a sense of impending dread, making it spooky and suspenseful. Overall, the mummy costume that I wore adds dread with the fascination as it taps into the fear of the unknown and it makes it bone chilling <laughs> to make a frightening statement on Halloween. <laughs> well, that is pretty scary. Those bandages wrapped like skin. Whoo! It gives me the chills. Do you have any skeleton friends or do you hang out with other spooky creatures? Well, I do have a few ghostly pals and friendly mummy neighbors who all like to unwind with me. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite bone-chilling joke? I have an easy one. It's so easy to remember. Why didn't the skeleton cross the road? Why didn't he cross the road? Because he didn't have any guts. Oh, Ew. creepy. <laughs> Do you ever get lonely being a skeleton or do you enjoy the quiet? Well, it's very interesting that you should ask me that question because remember, I was buried for three million years. That's a long time. <laughs> and so I think I enjoy both the solitude of the quiet and yet now I would rather have the company of friends and family during spooky gatherings. <laughs> Have you ever had to solve a bone-chilling mystery, like finding a lost treasure? Oh, yes. I once helped a pirate unravel the mystery of the haunted treasure chest that was buried in a creepy graveyard under the ocean. Remember, I don't have lungs, so I don't have to breathe air, so I could stay down in the ocean all day long. And when I found the treasure, guess what I did? What'd you do? 
I made the pirate a nervous wreck. <laughs> I stayed under there until he had someone come down to get me. I was down there counting the gold and looking at the necklaces and wearing the crowns. There was even a throne. I loved it down there in the ocean with my treasures that we found. <laughs> That's fun. What's your go-to dance move at a Halloween party? Oh my goodness. It's called the skeleton bone rattle dance. Do you want to do it right now? I love doing Let's it. Let's do it. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Now, first of all, you need to, I would say, connect with your bones. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that you have nothing crossed as you're standing up. And there's going to be slow and haunting music being played on ghostly instruments Ooh, in the background, and as the music fills the night, the skeletons rise from their resting places, and their bones come to life with a spectral glow. They form a circle, locking bony fingers in bony hands. And, well, I'm quite the master of the bone-rattling dance moves. I can create the eerie music by playing my ribcage like a xylophone. <laughs> it's a real <laughs> crowd-pleaser. <laughs> and then as you're standing there, you move to the right and left. And this is how you do it. You take your right foot and you bring your left foot to it. And then you bring your left foot out and your right foot to it. And then you move your shoulders up and down. You gotta move them, move them, move them right now. Oh, you're doing so good. Hey, this is fun. Oh, yes, you can sway to the right. Woohoo! And sway and twirl. Yes. <laughs> do you hear those bones clacking and rattling in perfect synchrony with the music? The bone rattle dance is what we do. And we continue to do it until the first light of dawn. We do it all night long. Are you going to do it with me now all night long or we're going to stop doing my bone rattle dance now? <laughs> let's let's do it later. That was a fun one for now. Let's keep going on with a few more questions and then we'll get back to the fun dance. Well, remember that Because that's you... all night long. Yes, I would love that. And remember something very important here, that should you find yourself at night, after dark, in a graveyard. Oh, that makes me feel like I want to go visit one right now, just talking about it. Especially on All Hallows Eve. Keep an eye out for the spectral glow and the haunting melody of the bone rattle, the dance of the living dead. <laughs> I get a little carried away, I know. <laughs> well, that being said, have you ever ran into a ghost or a vampire? Well, technically, my dear, I've never ran into a ghost because <laughs> there's nothing to run into. You go right through them. <laughs> I see them occasionally as they flutter by, and I always have a sense of wooeyness when I say hi. And then as far as a vampire, well, I did have one that I used to share a crypt with. It was a vampire that enjoyed tomato juice more than blood. <laughs> Maybe I should have a V8. <laughs> What's your secret to staying so cool under pressure, even when things get eerie? I always remember to keep my bones steady and stay calm and keep a positive attitude. The question here, though, is, you said, how do I stay so cool under pressure? I am only made of bones, and so I don't have all of those little veins and nerves and things that help you to actually feel the cold. My bones are always cold. I think I always get a draft. <laughs> I guess that would happen without no flesh. 
Do you have any advice for kids who want to become a spooky skeleton for Halloween? Yes. The key is to practice your skeleton moves every single day. You must stay bone-chillingly cheerful with a smile because, of course, I have no lips. I smile all the time. And you must enjoy every spooky moment. Now, there's something to talk about here, though, because sometimes you may lose yourself. Or like in my case, I may lose a foot or a tailbone. Sometimes I lose a little finger. And so those are the times when I really must stay calm and keep a positive attitude and not get too frustrated. Just pick them up, put them back on, ask for assistance or help should I need to, and get along with my merry skeleton way. <laughs> well, that being said, have you ever went to a chiropractor or a doctor like that to help put your bones back together? Yes, I did once. And when he adjusted my neck, my head fell off in his lap. <laughs> I was so shocked and so was he. He was not able to talk very much after that. <laughs> that would be kind of scary for the doctor. <laughs> I don't keep in touch with him to ask. <laughs> What's your favorite spooky story or legend you'd like to share around the campfire? A long time past, when the world was a much darker and mysterious place, there was a young caveman named Turak. Turak lived in a desolate valley surrounded by towering cliffs and ancient gnarled trees. The valley was said to be cursed and its dark reputation was well earned. One chilling evening as the full moon cast an eerie shadow across the land, Turak decided to explore the deepest, darkest part of the valley. He had heard whispers among the elders about a hidden cave. A cave of wonders that was rumored to be the gateway to the underworld. With a torch in hand and a heart filled with both fear and curiosity, Turak ventured into the foreboding forest. The trees seemed to reach out with their twisted branches as if trying to ensnare him. The air grew colder and the strange whispers filled his ears. As he descended deeper into the valley, he noticed a peculiar glow ahead. It was coming from a cave entrance that seemed to call him to come closer. Tarak's instincts told him, turn back, don't go. But his curiosity urged him forward. Inside the cave, Tarak discovered a vast labyrinth network of tunnels. The walls were adorned with eerie glowing fungi that cast haunting shadows across the wall. He felt a presence. He was being watched by some unseen eyes. He just knew it. And as Tarak ventured deeper, he stumbled upon an ancient burial chamber. It was filled with skeletons of beings long forgotten, and in the center lay a massive, ornate chest. He couldn't resist the temptation to open it, this treasure chest. And as he did, a bone-chilling gust of wind erupted from his chest, extinguishing his torch. In complete darkness, he heard a sinister laughter, kind of like this, <laughs> or more like that, <laughs> coming from all directions. The skeletons around him began to stir. Their hollow eye sockets fixated on him. Panicked, 
Tarak bolted out of the cave, narrowing, escaping the pursuing skeletons. He emerged from the cursed valley, forever haunted by the memory of that fateful night. And as the years passed, Tarak became known as the Haunted One. He warned others never to venture into the valley, never to go into the deep burial chamber, for he knew that the gateway to the underworld was not to be trifled with. And to this day, the valley remains a mystery place of the dead, and Tarak's story is a cautionary tale, a reminder of the horrors that lurk in the shadows of our world. Wow, that is one of my favorite three million year old stories now. I get to memorize that one and tell it on campfires. I'm excited. Yes, and you can add whatever you want and you can take away whatever you want. The main thing is to make it scary. Have you ever explored a haunted house? And if so, what was the scariest thing you encountered? I ventured into many spooky places and the scariest thing I encountered was a mischievous poltergeist that liked to move furniture around. It was so spooky and creepy because even though he was sitting there and the furniture was moving, he wasn't touching anything. Oh, that is kind of scary. Glad that you got to see it and not me. I would have left. Well, I did run. You should have seen what happened. I was running so fast that I lost my hips and my legs and my chest and my upper body and my arms went flying to, to grab the doorknob. And then before you knew it, my head was rolling around. I actually had to ask the poltergeist for help. <laughs> and since he was okay moving furniture around, <laughs> he what probably do you moved, think? He probably moved you all back together. That's awesome. He did. We, we became friends, actually, in the end. I haven't talked to him in a while. I hear he's really getting along with new movements. That's fun, getting along with new movements. Can you give us a sneak peek of your Halloween plans for this year? Or is it top secret? Well, it's top secret for sure. Although, guess what? What? It's October, so now I can reveal it. I don't reveal it any other month of the year. Only in October. Ooh, we're lucky. <laughs> this year, I plan to host a ghoulish gala for my supernatural friends, complete with a bone-rattling dance party. Like the one we just practiced? That's fun. I also am going to have bobbing for apples. That one is a good one, especially when we don't invite those creatures that look like monkeys. And then Frankenstein always invites himself, even though I never want him to be there because he likes to stomp on things all the time. And so, never mind me, I'm getting carried away. I need to remember that parties are for fun, that just because there are people or creatures or monsters or villains there, that it doesn't matter because there are usually angels there too, and they usually calm the party right down. Well, does count come? Always, every year. Oh, counting is wonderful. Counting is fun. I love count. Count oh, Dracula I is love fun. Him too. He's a great counter. Do you know he's still counting? And should you ask him how long he's been counting? He knows the seconds that he's been counting since birth. He can tell you it's like now 100 and billion point five million seconds or something. You'll have to ask him when you see him. Well, that's blood sucking fun, man. <laughs> What's the most spine tickling adventure you've ever been on? 
the most spine-tickling adventure that I've ever been on. Um, oh, I remember. They had lost that art relic. I think it was called the Ark of the Covenant or something. And for me to be able to be involved was pretty interesting because the reason why it was so spine-tickling was because there were spiders and snakes. It was kind of like an Indiana Jones type of an event where there was all kinds of traps and riddles we had to solve on the way getting in farther and farther to the cursed crypt. That's a fun one. I like those. Me too. I'll bring you along the next time, I, I just, promise. I just don't like the snakes. The snakes give them to me. Okay. I can put you them can in my them. skull. You can have them. If you could have any superpower, what bone-chilling ability would you choose? You know, that's asking a skeleton that is three million years old. I think it would be the ability to calm and change energies. That I could go into a dark place and light it up. I could go into a dark heart and light it up. I could go into a, an evil mind and make it pure and good again. That would be my superhero power. That's a fun one. And I have another one. <laughs> okay, sure. I love the power to summon a ghostly fog that hides me from sight and makes spooky sounds. It would be perfect for playing tricks on Halloween. Yeah, it would. Picture me. I'm a skeleton dressed up like a mummy coming through the fog. Oh, I love that idea. <laughs> Have you ever had a pet? Like a, a ghostly cat or a bat or something like that? I once had a pet ghostly cat named Whisper. We used to play hide and scare games together. Those were the good old days. She used to pounce on me and I'd pounce on her. And then one time she tried to eat me. And then one time I tried to eat her, and it was just this one fun little thing. She lived for her catnip, and also she used to bite me, and I used to bite her. I guess we both like chewing on bones. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best way to scare away any monster from a kid's bedroom at night? Oh, I have the best way. Anytime you get scared of monsters that are in your closet or under your bed. No, I don't like the ones under my bed. You have monsters under your bed? I don't know. I used to when I was a kid. What would you do when you had monsters? I pulled the covers up over my head so Did I couldn't it work? see them. I don't know. I couldn't see them no more. <laughs> well, perhaps that would work good. I do say that there's a few other things you can do. A nightlight shaped like a friendly ghost. I like that idea, don't you? The yeah. nightlight shaped like a ghost. And then the other thing is... A sprinkle of ghostly laughter. You can always laugh at the monsters. Sometimes they'll laugh with you. I know the ones that hide in the closet have a totally different laugh than the ones that hide under your bed. They have a different attire. <laughs> they do have a different attire from being in the closet, you know. You are so smart. Now, the other thing that I want to mention is a new spray that's coming out soon that you can get. It's a mixture of water that's in a bottle. And you just ignite it with your intention that it gets rid of any monsters or creatures in your closet, in bed, or around your room, even your house. You just spray it all over. And this water concoction grabs them, covers them. And they usually like to leave because they're wet. Uh, there are some creatures and monsters that like to get wet. And in that case, I tell them that I will get them wet only when they leave. And so they usually like to get wet and then leave anyway. Sounds like I should get a squirt gun. Yes, yes. You can squirt them right in their little creature monster eyes. And then another thing too, they like to wrestle. Wrestle? Yes. Lately, the monsters under the bed are wrestling monsters. And so instead of being afraid and pulling your head underneath the blanket, just go right under the bed. Command them to come out. Say, we're going to wrestle. And this is my room. Take control. 
Don't let those monsters push you around. That's a good one. I like that. Can you share a ghostly bedtime story? It's not too scary for our youngsters. Well, the one story I think you can find on video these days. It's certainly a story that makes you feel good inside, even though there's a little bit of scariness to it. It's Casper the Friendly Ghost. And... Oh, he makes friends with everyone Casper does. He sure does. And I will share with you that over the years, since the 1800s, they have been doing little fun ghost movies, including Casper as the main ghost. He definitely gets around. Casper's a cool ghost, man. I like Casper. Have you ever tried to put yourself all back together? Or do you prefer being a jolly jumble of bones? Oh my heavens, I love that. <laughs> I'm picturing myself falling apart right now as we're talking. Would you please mind giving me a little scratch on my upper backbone? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that I've considered putting myself back together a few times, and I've found that being a jolly jumble of bones has its charm. It makes me unique, and I've embraced it with a big grin. Sometimes I leave my mouth open, you know, the teeth, just showing and gleaming in the sunlight when it's daytime. And then at night, I'll put a candle under the heaping whop of bones and you can see the shadows going around me as I'm laying there. And then when it's time to put myself back together again, you know what I do? What do you do, Sally? I've learned to jump into them. Yes, huh. you might think you can put on some pants or a skirt or something and just jump right into them. Well, it's kind of the same thing. I just jump right into my bones. <laughs> Sally, what's your favorite Halloween treat to munch on? And how do you eat it without having any flesh? Oh, my favorite Halloween treat is candy corn. I may not have flesh, yet I can still nibble all of it with my bony teeth. And sometimes it's fun to make sure that it gets stuck between my teeth as I smile, just to have someone say, Sally, you've got something in your tooth. <laughs> I just love it. It's a spine-tingling delight. <laughs> That's a good one. I like candy corn as well. Do you have any special bone-rattling talents or tricks you can show off on Halloween night? Well, I mentioned that I'm a master of the bone-rattling dance moves. Oh, that's right. You did. And I also talked about how I can do eerie music and play it with my ribcage like a xylophone. I think the only other thing that I haven't talked about that I like to show off on Halloween night is after it's all said and done and I'm done with the party and I have just a few close guests lying around, floating around, hanging around, whatever it may be. Like witches on brooms or, oh, yes. or, or Frankenstein or, oh, yes. or Count Dracula? Oh yes, they're are all my, there. Those are my favorites. When I'm done visiting and I invite just a few of them to stay later after all of the guests have left, I ask them to unwrap me as a mummy. <laughs> the complete unveiling of my soul. It's like a, like I'm like the skeleton coming out of the closet, you know? We could do that on the Monster Mash. Oh yes, I love that song. Do, do, do it, it with on the, the mon Monster Mash. Oh my goodness, yes. This year I'll do Monster Mash. It's a that. good one. Yes, it's a good one for unraveling and unraveling and unveiling and un whatever the unword is for my mummy costume, so that I'm left at midnight, like you said, not a pile of bones though. I'm sitting there, revealed. Completely authentic and vulnerable as a skeleton. Ooh, mummy, that's a good one. I mean, Sally, not mummy. <laughs> well, Sally, I would like to thank you for coming. Just a couple more questions. What did you used to do before you become 
a skeleton before you died. Oh my goodness. I had a deep passion for painting. I was the creator of the paintings on the walls in the caves. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you see any aliens? Because I've seen you draw about them sometimes. Well, you know, there were a lot of things that happened back then, and aliens were one of them. It was really nice when they came down to speak to us and talk to us about pyramids and water and all of these things that pertain to the universe and planets. And I would paint about those because that's part of our legacy. And as a skeleton, I carry the essence of those moments with me still. My passion for painting, though no longer expressed on a cave wall, still remains a part of my being. And it serves as a testament to the enduring power of art to transcend time and connect us with the very essence of our shared humanity. I guess one of the only things that you're probably really scared of is fire. Why would you think I'd be afraid of fire? Because your bones will burn! Actually, I can walk on coals pretty well, mind <laughs> you. And yes, I guess, between being burned by fire and being eaten by a ravenous wolf, I think I would probably take ravenous wolf over the two. <laughs> being buried alive is also something that I've never thought would be fun. Even though I'm a skeleton, I think now that I've been unearthed, going back to the ground would be audacious! Uh, to say the least. How did you feel when you were first dug up from the earth? You know, your resting place when you was unearthed. It was a mixture of curiosity, fear, and excitement. When I was first unearthed and coming from the slumber of my quiet darkness, and I wasn't accustomed to people and places and things, so much had changed since I had died. We had no houses, no buildings. There was no place to shop no games to play. It was amazing to see these things coming into my life and being lifted from my coffin and being taken to a room to be studied and researched to find out that I was three million years old made me feel a sense of vulnerability that I don't think anyone else could ever feel unless you were in my shoes. <laughs> I didn't have shoes then. Uh, however, it wasn't fear that dominated me. It was rather a profound sense of gratitude that I had been granted a second chance at existence, different from the form that I had before, and the world, even though it's changed immeasurably since my time before, I was eager to witness and understand this new reality, and I did so first thing by purchasing myself a motorcycle. <laughs> those are fun to ride. I love motorcycles. Those would be almost as fun as riding one of those mammoths. Oh my heavens, have you ever rode a mammoth? No, but I've rode an elephant, but not a mammoth. Those are really cool. Like my dirt bike, that'd be fun. Well, they're not as fast as a motorcycle. They're not as small as a motorcycle. They're very fluffy and furry and heavy. And the one thing I noticed when I would go riding on my mammoth years ago is they're very finicky and they're hard to feed. I don't think you would have a happy mammoth. That's just me talking. Maybe your mammoth would be better than mine. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Sally, what have you learned or discovered about the world and existence since becoming a skeleton? Oh, I've learned that existence is a journey of self-discovery and that every life, no matter how brief, is a vital piece of the cosmic puzzle. I've learned that existence, whether ancient or modern, is a journey of growth and adaptation. Life is marked by challenges, and it's in facing those challenges 
that we discover our true potential. Yeah, and, finding our true potential is always good. Even when we're little, we can start doing that. Yes, and when you embrace your passions or the things you care the most about doing, for they are the colors that paint the canvas of your life, don't fear the unknown. And remember that every life is a chapter in the story of the universe. With the wisdom of ages etched into my bones, I share this message that you should embrace your creativity for it is a timeless expression of a human soul. And the past is your foundation and the future is your canvas. And even though life may not always be the way that you want it to be, there's emotion there. And as a skeleton, I still carry a sense of wonder, appreciation, and a lingering hint of a nostalgia. I exist in a state beyond the intensity of human emotions. And I've gained a profound appreciation for the human spirit and the enduring quest we all have for understanding and connection. Wow, Sally, that is some awesome experience that you gave us. I'm so excited. In conclusion, Sally, we just want to say thank you for being here. I know you're ready to get on your bike and ride, and I don't blame you. I love to ride. Get ready for a spine-tinkling adventure with Sally the Skeleton as she explores the modern world, bringing excitement and a touch of spookiness to every moment. It's going to be an unforgetful, bone-chilling journey. And thanks again, Sally, for coming. We appreciate it. I just hope that maybe you can introduce us to one of your friends like Count Dracula or... Frankenstein or something like that. Oh, really? Well, now that I know, I'm going to reach out with my bony little fingers on my smartphone. And because it's so smart, I'm sure it'll find all kinds of creatures and monsters you can have on your Halloween extravaganza shows. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween!